Okay, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How you guys doing? Doing okay? I don't know. I'm feeling, I've been, I'm just going to say this. I've been really depressed lately. I don't really know exactly what's wrong. Uh, There are so many things that I could choose from, you know, kind of like old age. I'm going to die soon. That's one. Uh, Then uh, the planet's going to die soon. That's two. Then um, seeing some old friends uh, made me realize that uh, I was in the wrong career for 30 years. Which one? There's more. There's more. I could go on. Um, so anyway, uh, I need my own. I need my own advice, and I and I really ran out of it. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, it is a Radio Free Brooklyn is a independent listener, <coughs> folks. Listener supported. That's you. Uh, radio station and you're listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm Dr. Lisa, the self-proclaimed psychotherapist. I've been doing psychotherapy without a license for over 20 years and uh, I have been told that I have a good insight here and there. And uh, anyway, we really appreciate you listening to us and please look us up at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate we do um, everything to promote media literacy, education, free expression, public art. And we're a 501c3, so you know what? You know, you, I'm sure you need a tax deduction. Because if you're listening to, to this show, you're definitely in that category. And you can get one. Okay, there we go. That was a lot of facetious bullshit. That's because I'm being neurotic and I'm trying to use comedy as a defense. Or kidding around. I don't know if you call it comedy. But anyway, joking, facetiousness. Don't do that. Be direct with people. Be direct. I also want to tell you something else. Well, first, before I tell you something else, I want to tell you something. I have uh, a really great guest on today, Sean Wickens. He is a comedian, a uh, retired New York City window washer, and he... I shouldn't say that. He wrote that himself. Anyway, he's been on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Mr. Robot, High Maintenance, and uh, he also played a prison warden in an international film, Emma Kabar Anthony or whatever, Time Out New York says, expect a set that is hilarious, delirious, and refreshingly raw. I'm going to tell you more about what's going on as you know what he's he what he's working on now but I I I'm going to go back to, to I'm this is like this is ridiculous. I'm trying to I have to go back and tell you about the craft fair. Okay, the fall craft fair. I want to get through that and then I'll tell you what he's working on now. Sean Wickens. Uh, okay. So, he is uh so anyway, the uh we have a great sponsor the Fall Craft Fair, and it's this weekend at Sussex County, New Jersey Fairground, September 25th and 26th, Sussex County Fairgrounds. So you can browse and buy handcrafted pieces from over 100, 
over 100 exhibiting artists and the sales support the Peters Valley School of Craft, which, you know, these things are really important. Creative thinking, they foster creative thinking through fine craft education programs and events. More info at Peters, that's plural, Peters Valley, all one word, dot org. Okay, did that, did that. Crafts are great. You know, crafts are great for everybody. It's good. Uh, if You know, they can be complicated and they can be occupational therapy. It's very relaxing. That's what they used to do with uh, before they had medication. That's what they would do at psychiatric hospitals. Did you know that? Except these are probably much more refined crafts than hammered at metal ashtrays. Um, so, uh, you know, um, anyway, Sean, who just walked back in this studio. He was doing a radio interview for another project he's working on right now, but he just walked back in and I was just going to, hi, Sean. Hey, I gave them eight minutes of information in five minutes. So I I nailed it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I was just telling them about your accomplishments and then I was going to get to um, what you're working on now, the Stoner Morning Show um, and you know, what you're doing now. But before we do that, I just want to, I didn't even get, you did it so fast. I didn't get to tell them that you have some idea in mind for me that I'm like, really like, I don't know. I am not in control today, folks. Okay. Sean told me that he has something that, uh, he has an idea he wants to do in the air and he wanted to do do with me on the show today. And I have no idea what it is. And I'm totally not prepared. It's a pitch. It's a pitch for you because, you know, we've known each other for quite a while. You've done bad theater fest a few times and, um, we, you know, we have plenty of mutual friends and we spoke a few months ago. You're like, Sean, let's come up with an idea of something to work on. And we, you know, yeah, yeah, it was my idea. I got in touch with Sean. I was like, I really want to do something in between like comedy and something conceptual, but you know, and so I was like, who's the person to work with, Sean? Yeah, we, we, we met up, we got stoned, we talked, we had lunch. A couple we of times, we, yeah. yeah, it was great. Well, I, I think I also shared with you, I've been meditating more in these last four months than I have my entire life. Ah. And this idea came to me after, well, I, I wasn't really meditating, but I was in that moment, that, that state between sleep and, and awakeness, mm-hmm. which is kind of meditative, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Um, so this is my idea for us because you and I need to find somebody who works in television mm-hmm. because I think that we should develop mm-hmm. a, a fine arts reality show. Mm, very it's, interesting. It's, 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 it's interesting. not really, yeah, it's not really a competition show, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, what do you, com- how, how do you judge who is the, who, who produced the best piece of artwork, you know? Well, so instead of judges, you have art collectors. So it's it's people who, oh, who it's, wants to buy. That's it. right. Who wants to buy it? And if something doesn't get bought in that day, you know, it's not like they're sent home because somebody who then watches it on TV, maybe they want to buy the piece, or you ah, know, or maybe, I like this yeah, idea. Or maybe it gets maybe unsold stuff gets thrown up on eBay and it gets uh, it, it gets you know bid on that way. But we huh. could also have like secret people who call in during the taping of the show because that happens during auctions and stuff Uh uh-huh so um but we really need to find somebody who works in television because Uh. i think this is an idea that's that's bigger than us oh yeah yeah definitely it's on tv it's on tv now now just because 
uh, if there's any art listeners, they may have, be aware of that there was a reality show. Oh, what was Did it? Did you know that? It no. was called... Um, I didn't even bother researching it because I, okay, th- I good. got it so was, excited. It yeah. was different. It was called Work of Art. There were two seasons. Yeah. What was that, it on? It was on... Uh, what was it on? The Learning Channel or mm-hmm. something? It was on, I don't know, one of those, you know, yeah. things. And uh, it was pretty... It was very popular in the art world. Yeah. Uh, major celebrity, you know, art judges like Jerry Saltz, oh, brand name yeah, art yeah. people and brand name artists, visiting right. artists and stuff like that. Uh, and they picked, um, you know, a group of artists and they gave them a challenge every week yeah. and they have to come up with the work right. and they all and they, live together. And, and they eliminated people, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why not yeah. Why not do a different format? Why, why do the elimination thing? Because well, I think art, I think fine art is the perfect way to sort of reframe reality shows, which needs to happen post-pandemic. Everything, so much needs to be reframed. So much needs to be yeah. reframed. But also, what what's awesome about your idea is that the end user of the art is the collector. Sure, right. And that who is ultimately people want to reach. Yeah. And that's who everybody wants to reach. Right. Uh, so, uh, and it's silly to do sort of a short term, like, oh, this week you lost, everyone else won, or whatever. You know, you go home because art is so everlasting. You know, if if uh, if uh, Van Gogh was on an art reality show, he might have been sent home the first day. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, also, also, what you're doing then is picking people for kind of their styles. Sure, sure. Right, like they're what they're. And are they going to have to be able to make a work in one, one? I think you can be flexible with it. It's just the, mm-hmm. who has produced something, you know, for this episode that they want to share with the art collectors. And then uh, if something, I, you know, I don't think you have to eliminate people. It's just like some people work at different speeds. So maybe. Right. So maybe, I'm, just, I'm just thinking pragmatically about sure. the filming. Oh, yeah. I, that's not a. That's not our problem. <laughs> no, you're not going to get involved in this. I think we need call-ins. Do you think? Do you think? Do you if think we should people, have? Sure, if people have opinions. ideas and definitely connections, let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me give let's you the call-in number, okay? Uh, call in. We'll just we're sitting right here. We will answer the call if you call in. You want if you think this is a good idea. You have ideas. You know anybody in TV? Yeah, you can challenge us too. I don't mind if yeah, yeah if you think it's a bad or idea. or if you have a better idea, how to improve our idea sure. or Sean's idea. Really, I'm just gonna well, you're ride. in it. You're in it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ride. I'm riding it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the number here is seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. That's seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. And if you forget that number, you can just go to our website at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, and look it up. I mean, you could just do that if you forget it. Sure. But let's let's see where we can go with this idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hmm, hmm. I even like the idea. I've thought about it so much that. Oh, really? That um, you know, there's not a winner at the end of the season because mm-hmm. why choose a short-term winner? Because you know, the long-term winner. We, we might not, you know, Herman Melville is a long-term winner and he didn't even get to know he was a, a winner at all. Anyway, you send, <laughs> you send people back to their hometowns for an art show for their hometown. Because oh. uh, then, you know, let's get more people interested in art because, uh, you know, let's reward the galleries that are showing these 
places, you know, these these pieces in different parts of the country. Um, well, you know, I think what's the ins, you know, the nug or like whatever the whatever the the human insight or whatever or the thing that strikes me, however mm-hmm. you put it, sure, uh, is the idea of everyone like. The way the art world looks at collectors is that they're just these people that are like shopping at, you know, an expensive uh, department store and, and the, the the galleries are bringing them like different things to look at, yeah, yeah. right? But the truth is everybody's trying to suck up to them and um, it kind of eliminates the middleman mm-hmm. and gets to what people really you know what people really like and it gives the collectors a a voice yeah and it it also you know who knows what kind of art collectors will find for this but you might have the ones who are really in it because they're are they're interested in finding the stuff they like but then you might have somebody who's just like oh this is just an investment for me you know yeah it's like let's just be honest about what's going on you know yeah yeah I think the hardest part is going to be casting the artists. Sure. Are we going to do that? I think. See, I, I think I, we'll probably we'll if we find somebody who has some TV connections. You know, we'll part of be part of the creative team. We'll find some sort of casting people that we like to work with. I guess. Oh, oh, okay. Because yeah. you know, it depends on how much. I mean, quite honestly, you know, you could do this as a live show. Sure. You know, we could just we could just do it ourselves. I don't want to do it. You don't want to? Why is it too much work? It is. It is? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be involved to the point where if there's things for me to do on a certain day, I can show up or not, depending on what else I have going on. You know, I'm going to, I got to tell you, I think that is the biggest obstacle. Have, I mean, I haven't done much TV pitching. Have you? No. Okay. Well, I haven't either, but I have, I have worked in advertising and tried to get print ads made. And that is really hard. Oh, sure. To get I've, somebody to agree to to anything. Yeah. I've done corporate um, sales presentation training. Uh-huh. So I've taught... Well, helped. you could probably make a great present. I mean, yeah. we're not worried about... The, it's a great idea. No, you have sure. great presentation. But also, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked on, you know, TV commercials, too, where you're oh, presenting sure. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that and everything... So that's the part about it that I think it's a great idea. The part about it that makes me that makes me feel like it's going to be hard. I think there are so many people out there wanting to get their own TV shows done that they're sure. not going to let it let somebody from the outside come in. But that's a very negative view, isn't it? Well, sure. Well, how would we and somebody, present it? Well, somebody can prove us wrong who happens to be listening to the, this either live ah. or, or, or after the fact. You well, know? you know, yeah, we ha- we also have a lot of uh, we also have a lot of you know I get a lot of archives, downloads, stuff oh, like sure. that. So. I might even have a friend who works in TV that I don't know about who is just like, oh, Sean, I heard you on Lisa's show. All right, let's have a meeting. That's all we want is just a meeting. So, 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 so you're hoping to get a meeting from the show. That's right. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, why wow. not? Well, to actually get something happening outside of the show, <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure things have happened outside of the show from the show. Really? Like what? Imagine. Oh, I don't... Like where I've been invited to like do it live in like Arkansas or something like that. Yeah. Has that happened? No. Oh, all right. Well... You know what? I think people think that like... 
I think it's always, you know, things always look better from the outside. Oh, sure. Don't you think, like, you find out, like, you know, so-and-so's been on, like, you know, oh, you've been on Conan and, and, oh, yeah. and, 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 you know, wh- who's it? Me- meanwhile, the person's like, yeah, but Conan didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, or, like, I didn't get invited back, or sure, I've been yeah. on TV. You know, I've read all those biographies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I read, um, you know, like um, maybe there should be a new rule moving forward that in in your biography as a comedian for two for every two brags you have, you have to also have. But I also bombed in Tennessee. Yeah, when I was opening for you know um, whoever. Yeah, name a com- yeah, Maria Bamford. But I just finished reading audiobooking Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. I've heard time. so many great things about it. Yeah, I haven't read. It. I own a copy. I haven't read it. Well, he he was on Carson like twenty times or oh, something yeah. before people ever recognized him or anything oh, like that. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty disillusioning. Yeah. there I've done. I feel like I have a good sort of um, honest uh, view worldview on how how things work. Yeah, because you know I've done improv for years, and there's been times I've go, I've done an improv show, walked off stage. Shaking the hands of an you know an audience member too who said good job, and then have an audience member come up to me and say, "Did you just see that show? It was incredible." Wow! And I, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I was in it." Oh, and they didn't even <laughs> they like didn't, realize they didn't even realize they, that they I was, were yeah. so they were so in the moment. I guess so. That's yeah. a compliment. That's huge. Sure, yeah, big yeah. compliment. Yeah, but so. Sean, before we start to talking about the pitch, we I didn't sure. get to talk about the shows that you're working on now. Okay, Speaking of fine. bragging, that's fine. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about what you're working on now? The Stoner Morning Show. Tell yeah. us about it. So Stoner Morning Show, I started with some friends, and it's, I mean, wait, it's, people want to, you know, because yeah. you're going to be getting this. You're doing this pitch, and people have to know who they're getting. Sure, you know. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so it is a talk show. I started with some friends. It's just stoners doing a talk show. Mm-hmm. And it started as a live show, and then during the pandemic, it, um, as everything did, it moved online. So now currently it exists in what some would say maybe too many um, uh, dimensions. <laughs> you mean because it's live and... It, yeah, it, we live stream Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and then um, there's a, a live, live version that Ralph... My friend Ralph Jean Pierre and I do at the mm-hmm. Tiny Cupboard eight thirty p.m. Yeah, it's great. I I've been on it, guys, yeah. and it's a great show. It's very chill and conversational and funny. Um, and then, but we also do once a month shows at the Producers Club where we we have stand up comedians and oh, musicians yeah. show up, and there's vendors there, and maybe there's smoke. marijuana vendors. Yeah, there's yeah where you can actually buy marijuana, and maybe there's smoking there while the show is going on and after the show is going Mm. on i don't want to say too much you know and then but we're also helping produce a finger lakes festival cannabis and and music and comedy this saturday and um at a place in spencer new york that Um, sounds fabulous tickets are available now that sounds fabulous how do people get tickets uh if you go to stoner morning show you can definitely um you know, on Instagram, there's links available for that for the September 25th event. Um, I'm going to be there barely emceeing, mostly walking around as part of the like chill safety patrol, making sure everyone's in good shape, but also, you know, introducing ourselves to attendees. What are you here for? What are you looking for? 
Ah. Hopefully, you know, um, urging them to check out a few tables and have conversations with them. Because I've been to some of these vendor events. People walk in and they kind of don't know what to do. And oh, I can and see that. Yeah, and there's so much knowledge behind, you know, for the people that are behind the tables. I met these these ladies at a ca- cannabis event, and they're going to be at our event this weekend. Um, Canna Edibles, I believe, is their their brand. They they know so much about um, edibles, and they know how so much how to measure it. And like, if you're looking for stuff to chill out, they have advice for you. If you're looking for like medicinal reasons, they have advice for you of what what wow. you should try. Wow. So like you don't know what answers are out there until you start asking wow. the questions. There's a real so. connoisseurship towards this marijuana. Yeah. Almost too much because I mean, to be honest, I mostly do edibles kind of, I make my, my own mm-hmm. and I have so many friends who are like, Oh, you have to try smoking this strain. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, it got me stoned. It's like, well, you know, what, what strains do you like? And it's just like, I don't know. They usually work. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but I mostly yeah. bake with it, you know. Um, oh, you bake your own? We, uh, once in a while, yeah. Or you buy more? No, I usually. Well, sometimes I prepare my own butter, but then sometimes I've been buying stuff that I can use oh. that's already infused, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and you kind of like know what you like and how much and all that. It, to be honest, it's either one brownie or two brownies. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's usually my Friday range. Or Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the show, you know, we, I want, um, the Tiny Cupboard is a great place, guys. You, It's, um, what is the address? Cooper? It's 10 Cooper Street. Yeah. And, yeah. but uh, I think Google Maps still hasn't corrected what's going on because I had a friend stop by and, you know, because they were doing roof shows. Right. So some people will go to the roof. Which uh, the door to the roof is a different address to the uh, door, door. Oh, that's to, to what the first it is. Floor. Yeah. So somebody uh, even put in. 10 Cooper Street to Google Google Maps, but they were like, they were on the wrong Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, here's but, something you know. I've wanted to be, at, here's something I've wanted to ask you about sure. since Monday, maybe? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about what you talked about on Anya's show. Oh, okay. Can I ask you about that? Sure. Do you sure. know the answer? Well, all I know is that you said something like you're, I'm just going to say this because it's fucking Dr. Lisa. And sure. Oh, you cool with that? Yeah, I don't, don't want to like, no, you know, I don't want to. I already talked about it publicly on Anya's show. Okay. And this, yeah, might be, this might be a great call-in topic. We'll see, but go okay, for it. Okay, okay. Well, I just wanted to ask you because I was sort of surprised. Something like your biggest fear, and you said um, that you were afraid you were going to die alone. Did no. you say that? No, that was. she. Uh, so, oh, she got you confused. I was like, Sean, Sean. Sean's never going to die alone. No, no. Well, it was... Chicks I, like Sean. Sean's not dying yeah. alone. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> Anya asked Anya asked that uh, everybody come with a topic. And it was... Uh, so my topic was that I had... And this kind of stemmed from a, a joke in a, or a series of jokes oh, in some ways. Okay. But, it, but the jokes are based in honesty uh-huh. and truth. And it's that I have come to the real, realization that I will... I Or I've come to accept the fact that I will either die alone... And I'm fine with that. Or I will find myself in a very successful thruple situation. Thruple? Yes. Huh. What does that mean, successful thruple? It's, I think it's me and a relationship with two women, but it's very successful and it's and it works for all of well, us. How do you see that? 
Uh, like, are the women friends? Are they? Oh, yeah, we're all friends. And do you all sleep in the same bed? Is it a group sexual oh, that, that, thing? Well, or? That, that's between us, uh, and we haven't even met each other yet, so who knows? Well, but, but, um, but, um, you, I mean, you must have something that you imagine. Uh, it, it, it came about because, you know, it, it came about because of thinking of being alone, uh-huh. for, you know, which people, you know, people do think about. And there's like this intense sort of, um, uh, pressure to, 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 to meet. Couple or, up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, that's pressure that we put on ourselves and that's pressure that other people put on us on each other of like, oh, I'm single and you're single and what are you doing? Like, we're like. Oh, we don't want to be single, but we kind of do. You know what I yeah, mean? So, yeah. So I don't know. Just thinking all about that stuff and and you know the dating world and sort of like, to be honest, half being half ass about dating at the at the moment. You uh-huh. know? But it was just like you do yeah, have to. Sean's single. He's cute. He's a happening dude, guys. You yeah. ladies. I, yeah, I'm. I'm also. Busy. I'm. Sh- I'm selling you. I, no, I get no, money I for this. It, yeah. But but we're also going to be busier because you and I have a TV show. To, to, oh yeah, to we've got this TV show that we're working yeah. on. But it's um. I mean, we do need to get to a point, hopefully, where we accept the possibility that we may possibly be alone for the rest of our lives, and that's and that's fine. Let's just just be fine with it. But, and then in thinking about, well, all right, here's what okay. got me to that point. I did get out of a relationship that was ten years long, which is a long time, very long. And um, you know, one of the down, or I don't know, one of the down, I don't know, one of the bummers is that you no longer have that person to share in some of the great memories you create Yeah, together. you don't have a history with them. Yeah, you don't have a history anymore. Yeah, right. And now as you get older, it is more difficult to establish that history with a new person. But if there are three people, that's just more history. Hmm. The length of time, you know, it's a harder thing to achieve, but you can... You can condense it by adding additional people. And some people do that by having, you know, multiple partners, like very, very short term things, which I mean, that could be lead to happiness as well. But I think I would rather have a nice long term thing. With two people. Well, or if or one person is fine or Mm -hmm. it might or it might be just me. Maybe, maybe. Well, you know, I think being alone is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's always in flux. Like, look at, I was looking at Andrea Mitchell, whose husband died like 10 years or 20 years ago. She's alone, I think, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who's that? She's a newscaster. Oh, okay. She was on TV before I left. Mm. But, uh, you know. She sounds like a good contact to have for us. She is. (laughs) She would be a great contact if Andrea Mitchell took an interest in this idea that we're pitching. That would be fabulous. But here's another thing what I was thinking. I was thinking that it it sounds like an intimacy problem to me, Sean, frankly. I have to be honest about this. Okay. Because you're picturing yourself. See, I think a lot of single people and I, you know, if I if I didn't have Phil, I'd probably be in this Mm -hmm. category myself. Right. uh, Are very conflicted. Sure. Um about um, having a relationship, especially when you're past your tw- 20s and, you know, your party, your early party days. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Which I still party. I just... No, fin- no. I just finish, but you know... But I you, just finish earlier. No. <laughs> 
but you've also managed to do so much on your own. You know what I mean? You've gotten sure. this far, man. You can you can hack yeah, it. You yeah. can hack you can hack life. Sure. You're you're doing it. You're living. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. You don't need like you're not looking like how am I going to get my life together? What's going to sure. happen? Yeah, I do have two couches that I need to get rid of, and I re- would rather have one love seat. It's a longer story about just rearranging furniture. Yeah, but, well, you yeah. could get somebody to help you with that. That's yeah. true. You don't need to like find a part a date. You don't have to date to have that happen. No, no, <laughs> that's going to be some fun date. Yeah. Any 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 hot chicks out there want to help Sean move furniture? Yeah. So I mean, those can be separate things too. I'm just <laughs> talking about needs over here. No, no, yeah. but. But um, I need to rehang a shelf. That, and and yeah, that no, fell. that's going to be the same that same handyman person. Sure. So uh, or handy lady person, whatever handy trans person. I don't know. Uh, but the point I'm making is, is that you know I think that when you get to the place you are perhaps right now, mm-hmm. where you can sort of like like having another person involved in your shit on a day to day level is kind of like it's a big trade-off it's conflicting yeah but however if you had two especially two chicks who like could hang together and ignore you then you would have more emotional space and still have company but you wouldn't be responsible for anybody well i'll definitely be responsible for people but i don't know the way you did resell me on it it actually sounds great (laughs) but i'll I'll share my other idea and of course a lot of these come wait wait what do you so what do you think i'm not sure what you meant what's that so what do you think I result- well, I'm still sold, but I, I'm also I'm also open to the fact that I'll eventually meet one person who is like, "What is this stupid thruple idea?" No, 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 it's just you and me. Uh, and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." Like, I didn't uh, give myself a range. Uh, I, and I've also talked about this on stage, and people boo sometimes when I bring up like a th- possible thruple situation. I'm like, "I also did give you dying alone. Why are you so upset at me? <laughs> like, I gave you a possible range." You know? Yeah. Yeah. They they actually, people boo you for thinking of a thruple? Uh, a little bit. I mean, maybe they think of like, hey, I'm at a comedy show, whatever. It's just like, I'm, you know, so I think people sometimes think comedy is just like mean. And so, uh. and so they, and, and they sometimes be mean back. And a lot of times I'll, I'll notice that, you know, when non-comedians try to be funny, they're, they're, they're being mean. Uh. And I think that's. They think, you know what I think they think? I think they think that the comedian can take it and that they can be mean to them and then express their anger and their hostility and their grossness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's part to that. But uh, no, I, I, uh, what happened? Are we having a fire? Possible fire alarm. Some alarm went off. Mm. What's going on? This is frightening. Uh-oh. Tom's going to go check it out. Tom's going to go check Radio it out. Radio Free Bo- Brooklyn, everybody. We're on on the case. Yeah. Ooh. And there's flashing lights in here now. Yeah. No more from buzz. The, from the thing. That nope. was scary. Maybe you will die alone. Maybe it's happening now. No. No. Maybe I'm the building. Say, maybe I'm, it's 9-11 again. No. I'm going to take it as a good sign. Okay, good. Me too. I like that. Yeah. So do you... So let's... let's I want to dig in. I sure. want to like... I want to like pick at you. Pick, okay. pick at the scab. That's fine. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, I did have another idea, too. Okay, you know, good. I've been thinking about so good. much. And and, you're, and people ask me about relationship stuff or, you know, what are you up to and stuff. And it was that I had the thought, it, this started out as just a funny tweet idea, but then I was like, no, this would be great, is that I, I said that I want there to be a woman mayor. I do. 
and but I want her to meet me, and then I want her to fall in love because, to be honest, maybe it is an intimacy thing as well because to date a mayor who is just so busy, oh. you know, it's sort of like you wouldn't feel bad if like she has to cancel dinner because there's an important you know, meeting about the hurricane huh. that's about See, to... See, now that's interesting, too, yeah. because you said you wouldn't have to worry about her canceling dinner because <laughs> that means that she has the decision-making power there. But Let's I mean, talk about your relationship with your mother. I want to hear about this. Oh, okay. Uh, well, what do you want to know? She... I want to know what your relationship with your mother is oh, okay. like. okay. Well, she did... She passed away when I was 21. Oh. So it was a while ago. Um but I, she, she is a great, was a great woman. Look mm-hmm. up to her. Um, mm-hmm. She was, I'll say, kind of a vocal feminist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, were your parents married? Did they stay parents, married? They did stay uh-huh. married. Yeah, and you're still in, close with your dad or in touch with your dad? Close, close, and uh, in touch with brothers, sisters. One sister, close with her. Older, younger. She's younger. Okay, so but she's lived. She she inherited the same problem that my mother had, uh, uh, and and it's um it's been managed for my sister, but it's also caused her like years of uh, uh, health problems. What 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 problem is that? Uh, so my my mother died of uh, colon cancer, and it was a specific kind of genetic. Oh, and uh, so my sister has that as well, but they. They, when she was young, they took steps to try to prevent that mm-hmm. from happening. Um, but it created in her these like non-cancerous tumors that sort of like push her organs out of the way, and, and it, it's like a tough Aww. thing that it's that it's like hard to describe. Aww, yeah, it's like not a lot of things hard. that people deal with. Yeah, yeah, and it's also like yeah, not not it's not easy to explain. It's not easy to understand. It's not right. common. Right, right. And I am assuming that you've been tested for these genetics as well. I have. Yeah, and you're yeah. fortunate. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Right. So, um, your mom. So, what yeah. was it like growing up with your? So, go ahead. Uh, my so my father. It was. It is very funny, very goofy, mm-hmm. and my mother is very stoic and kind, not funny. And mm-hmm. and I do feel like as a comedian, I am in some ways the perfect combination of both of them because I am stoic, but then like goofy funny, um, and mm-hmm. and try to be kind as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mother's yeah. also an, an artist. She you know she did she you know she did a lot of crafts. There's a ever a craft fair in the neighborhood or at the church we went oh, to. Wow. She was involved mean, like with that. The, I, I just have to say, like the Sussex County, New Jersey fairground uh, uh, craft fair at the Peters, are one of our sponsors. I had to get that in oh, there. Yeah. It's too perfect. perfect. Sorry. Perfect. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, she made clothes. She mostly made, you know, she made clothes for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she made dresses for herself. I've, I've many memories of getting dragged to the fabric store and dreading it while mm. my while my mother went through like the the uh, mm. pattern mm. you know or fabrics you yeah know? yeah um and uh, but she made dresses for herself she made dresses for my sister she made dresses for you know other like friends kids uh-huh she mostly she made me for me a few shirts she had she just had more fun making dresses but she, what she did make for me was like how <laughs> Halloween costumes. Possibly a more serious well, uh, fire alarm. Do you hear that, guys? 
This is really getting it's getting a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Tom went out and looked again. It's either, you know, a building error, a test that we don't know about, somebody's playing a prank, or a fire. Or a fire, yeah. And I don't see any evidence of fire. I don't no. get the sense. I don't feel like a lot of movement in the building. No, you would I you would yeah, have like people heard, running out. Yeah, and 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 by the way, there is like a staircase that goes right outside this to there the is. right. There is. Hey Tom, what's going on? As we said. Uh, or somebody pulled an alarm or there's a fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. so the station director, Tom Tenney, has no more information. No. Okay, well, you know, that somehow to, makes me feel relaxed. Yeah, back to my, back to my mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, back to your mom. Yeah. And the, oh, another big thing is that she did, I do feel like I got a lot of sort of grit and determination and sort of like, I'll do it myself spirit from mm-hmm. her. Because, you know, I grew up as a Cub Scout and she saw my father and I having fun going to camp once in a while, you know, because yeah. he, would, he would go as a chap- parent chaperone oh. and there was no Girl Scout troop. Mm-hmm. So she, her and her, a friend created a Girl Scout troop in the town Aww. and like it was an important, I don't know, my, my sister has, you know, the sweatshirt that my mother wore to, to every camp that has Aww. like patches on it and everything and my sister framed it. Aww. Yeah. Ah, heroic. So, um, wow, it does sound like a good, uh, like a kind of a good combination. So, um, so she, 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 um, sounds like somebody that you got a lot out of, got a, got, had a nice close, close relationship with. Yeah, definitely close. Yeah. Did you feel like, like you're a pretty communicative guy. So did you, was she very communicative? Very, yeah. And like really knew how to like find out how you were feeling and what was going on with her with you. Yeah, definitely. Mm, more than your dad. Your dad was just the fun guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a dad. Right. Um, did you do you think that you would talk more to your mom or your sister? Like who do you think you were closer to in a certain way? Oh, I when you I, were a kid. Yeah. I definitely talked more to my mom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my sister and I grew up kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, close and combative, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, got it. And I don't really remember feeling that combative, combative towards my mother until like junior year, senior year of high school, freshman year of college a little bit. I think she yeah. was just like, it was tough to see her oldest move away, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was only that combative, combative well, spat, and then and that's when she got diagnosed, and then the and the so the combativeness did dissipate. Mm, but also, that. like that's just natural that you would be like you know leaving the you know you know you're supposed Empty to rebel, nest. you're yeah. supposed to rebel, or yeah. or otherwise you just turn out to be a goody goody right fo- rule fo- dumb rule follower. Yeah, I wasn't that rebellious as a kid. I or, or I was I was kind of silently rebellious. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get in trouble. But I also kind of got away with stuff. Like I had, a, I had a key to my high school. Oh wow! And you know, I was like, I would do stupid vandalism stuff with oh, my friends. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Some creative stuff. Yeah, creative some, fun stuff. Some beer in the woods, lighting off uh-huh. fireworks in like the local pool. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's. I'm so sorry that your mom died at, and that's such a vulnerable age. I think so. What? 
Can 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 I can I can we talk about that? Can I ask sure. about that? Yeah. So what um what were the circumstances? You were twenty one, were you away at college? I was away at college when they when she was diagnosed. I found out when my parents came down for a parents weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they sat me down and told me and they were like, I think that she was not completely upfront with the severity of the diagnosis. Cause I think from diagnosis to passing away is like uh, just over a year, like it's fair, 10 that's or, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. And, um, but uh, the, the discussion was like, should I come home? And she, she wanted me to stay at school. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, uh, she moved into hospice without mm. me knowing uh. really. But it, I mean, that was, it was like a week. And then she called, she, I think she was like really wanting me to, I think she was not wanting me to come home as a way for her to deny that it was serious. Yeah. Even, even and also an I think hospice, that, you know, you know, she probably just really was, I mean, I'm guessing perhaps that she was probably just relieved that like you were sort of like out of the nest and that right. you were like on your own and you were going to be okay. And yeah. she didn't want to like and interrupt I was, your life. Yeah. And I was three hours away by car. So it was pretty that. far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't impossible to get home if, you know, there's an emergency. It but yeah, no, that's complicated because it would have been clearer if you were like in, you know, five hour plane ride than, yeah. you know, or, or 20 minutes. Right. So go ahead. But sorry. I, yeah, but I got a call uh, in January to come home. So I just picked, packed my stuff and left, ended up dropping out of that school and then transferring somewhere else. Um, but I, I came home in January and then she passed away in March. Mwah. Yeah. So how, how do you, how, wow. So how do you feel? P- please don't answer. Be, tell me to shut up. I mean, no, these are hard questions. It. So no. I, I respect this. Sure. Uh, but um, how did that affect you? How do you think her passing affected you? I think that, well, I didn't realize it at the time, but so uh, she was an artistic person mm-hmm. and she, does, she didn't have, I don't think she had professional art mm. aspirations, but she was just artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she also, you know, her dream, I know, because she would share this with my sister and I several times, she would say that, you know, when your father retires, we're selling the house, we're buying an RV, and we're just traveling. Oh. And oh, I think, yeah. Oh, man. <gasps> oh, man. I think it implanted in me a greater... Because I never grew up thinking I was going to live in New York, right? But I think her passing did light a fire in me of to of more of an ex- exploring Exc- and traveling. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, Cleveland's a weird place because it was it did deal collectively with a lot of like there's an inferior, inferiority complex there being so close mm-hmm. to Chicago and in New York. And being the butt of so many jokes about the lake catching on fire, you know, that I think when I told friends that I was leaving, they took it personally in some way of like, why would you leave home? That kind of stuff. They weren't, they weren't like supportive. Right, right. Really, huh? Oh, because it was threatening to them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You were were going off on a big adventure. They were still scared. Yeah. But I really did. I felt empowered to, to set out out of Ohio because mm-hmm. my my mother wanted so much to 
explore. And, you know, we were like a road trip family. We had family oh. that lived out in Kansas. Oh, nice. So we did get to see, you know, out west a little bit. Um, her and my father had done road trips around the country before we were born. So, you know, she did see a lot of the country, but I don't know. She just had a wanderlust mm. that I think was ignited in me. Mm-hmm. And so when she passed, that kind of affected, you thought about that, that she wasn't going to be able to do that. Right, right, She wasn't right, going to get right. the chance and she missed that chance. Yeah. Something she'd been looking forward to. Yeah. But the, I, but the immediate sort of reaction was I kind of became the uh, anchor in the, in the family. Mm-hmm. My dad and sister went through a very, um, uh, they weren't close right after my mother passed away. So they had conflicts. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I, you know, Oh, so you were mediator a little bit. I tried to be the mediator. Like I was in a bereavement group at my new school. Mm. Uh, I was very op- open and trying to talk to people about it. I tried to get my, family in, in group therapy because there was a lot mm-hmm. of things that you know um but over time things you know worked out and mm-hmm. we're a close family now so it wasn't just that your mother passed it also disrupted the whole rhythm of the family yeah, and yeah. the uh, connection and right solid like you became you didn't you were more you had to worry about keeping them together instead of use relying on them for your own you know uh you know, you were grieving for yeah, your own yeah. support. So that's really rough. Yeah. When I couldn't get them into bereavement or like mm-hmm. family therapy, I did. It's the first time I saw a therapist. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and she, I met her at a time when I was about to move to New York and she was the most supportive ah. person about it because she used to live here. Oh, oh. And so that must have had something to do with it. You wanted to. You know, she she'd had that experience. She'd yeah. had that big wide world experience. Right. So, did you have any girlfriends before you were? Be, did, did you have any? Did you have any relationships before she died? I had uh, my high school girlfriend that we dated a little bit in college as well. Mm-hmm. Um, were you still were you dating anyone when she died? Yeah, it was that it that, was that high school. So girlfriend. she was around. Yeah, yeah. Was that was that helpful? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have sort of, you know, because it was such a traumatic thing to have a, to lose a parent. Sure. I might have rethought the relationship and then, because there was thoughts of, of uh, I guess I'm going to get married and stay in Ohio. Oh, really? You know? Mm. And then even though I don't think, I guess I didn't want to stay in Ohio. I was just like very unclear about yeah, my Yeah, you're plans. young. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... um. I think we broke up like a year and a half after my mother uh-huh. passed away. Do you think it had anything to do with that? Yeah, I think so. And why do you say that? Um, I just was, I guess it was like the wanderlust, not only of like exploring the earth, but I was just like, oh, I guess I should meet more people as well. Oh, yeah. You didn't want to just, did your girlfriend seem more provincial than you? I think she ended up marrying her next boyfriend and starting a family so uh, yeah yeah uh-huh that's what probably a lot of you know sure <laughs> <laughs> you were probably the oddball in your school more of the oddball as far as like wanting to go out and move places people were resistant to it, it sounds yeah like. maybe yeah 
Um, so I have this thought, um, and I just wanted to know if it made any sense to you. So, because I like have to have, I have to know. Sure. Um, so I was wondering if, you know, like, I love how you describe the relationship with your mother and how your mother, your mother really sounds like a pretty, you know, somebody who's really, you could really be close to and get a lot out of a very valuable relationship mm -hmm. and a very satisfying and meaningful relationship. Right. And, you know, she died pretty quickly yeah. at a vulnerable age in a vulnerable circumstance for you because you weren't here or there. Right. And um, I'm wondering if, like, you have a problem or whether it's there's a little hesitancy in, like, trusting the relationship, the woman, that she's going to be there. Yeah, maybe. Have you thought about that? You probably... Yeah, I'm sure I have thought of that. I'm yeah, sure you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... I don't know if it's, um, you know, I don't know if that is the, um, like the whole, the bad, the the bad habit or something. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, I, the only, the other reason I thought about a thruple thing is because, I mean, not only look, my mom was a very strong feminine force. So it's mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to be around more women than not. You know what I mean? Uh -huh, uh -huh. But it's also, um, uh, oh shoot. I forget. I forget the, that, uh, I forget where I was going. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're here. We've got, uh, you know, 10 minutes left. So, oh, okay. if but you know back. what I was also thinking about too, is that like your resilience is very powerful because like what happened was you wound up being the resilience resilient one in your family mm -hmm. right so there's you're really resilient and you don't really need anybody in a certain right, way right or you wind up taking care of them i don't know like now oh, i remember the thought okay go ahead and it's that you know we worry about repeating cycles or yeah or, or patterns or, or patterns. whatever yeah so a thruple would be a disruption of a pattern Oh, you mean you and one other person. Right. And yeah. I know that me and one other person isn't the problem, but maybe it was. And, you know, I think that I sort of have the kind of life that um, things that surprise me about my life. Some of my friends are like, well, that it sounds like it makes sense. It first, it's a classic oh, song. You know what I mean? Like, you mean... Like, you, if, I, if I was invited to a friend's wedding and I showed up with two women... I think a lot of my friends would be like, ah, I'm not surprised in some ways. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Right. You know what else I was thinking hmm. in a uh, unlicensed therapy way? Sure. Um, is that maybe the dynamic of you and your sister and your father, maybe like you were like the mediator, the consistent person in those two. There's some like emotional dynamic there. Maybe, yeah. You can handle like the emotional... It would be uh, it'd be so enjoyable if my sister were here right now to be having this oh, conversation. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What do you I think, just, what do just, you think she would say? Oh, I mean, I, I would hope all positive things. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think she would maybe just reaffirm some of the things. That, oh, you think yeah. she might agree? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. But she has a great resilience, too, because uh -huh. she's lived with, you know, like, you know, difficulty. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. So. Yeah, obviously. You know, well, you've got a lot going on. I mean, you're busy. You have a lot of 
you know, you have a lot of um, weird projects, projects that involve people. Yeah. And so I think that I I do think there's times when I come up with ideas that and and I'm trying to get other people involved. Mm -hmm. And it does remind me of the woman who started a Girl Scout troop Mm. because she wanted. Yeah. Something for others. Well, guys, you listener guys, um, people, you know, one of the reasons that I contacted Sean in the first place was because he started this really great, you know, the Bad Theater Festival. And I thought, well, if he can get that together and then it turned into the Bad Theater Festival and the Bad Film Festival. And I thought, well, he's a good person to work with because right. he can get shit done. Try and, to. Yeah. And that is no, that is no small feat. Yeah, me and my buddy Star Kendall started the. Yeah, the we Tita love Fest. Star. Yeah. yeah, I actually met you through him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, like that is a big thing. You can get a lot of stuff done, and you can get other people involved in projects mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's less of a need. I think you know. I think that we're kind of evolving away from like all this, like. Traditional relationships make no sense anymore because no one is any, we, we don't declare male or female. Sure. Um, we can, we have, to, I think we have, I think we have totally successfully separated sex and love. Hmm. Because pretty much anyone can have sex anytime they want i mean you might have to pay for it sure uh something you have to you might have to go through some trouble you might have to do some finagling yeah yeah but you can pretty much like sex there's negotiation but that's but there should be yeah yeah yeah. discussion yeah and then you know or the internet is you know pretty pretty robust at this point sexually Mm -hmm. so and also procreation has nothing to do with sex anymore. Right, right. So I think that's a big driver in why, and we don't need more people. It's not like we need to keep the species going. So I think that's a big driver in why people are becoming more, you know, refined or like they're more like about their sexuality, like their sexuality is more of a style. Right. I mean, I, I don't think people are faking it, but it's more of a style choice mm-hmm. than it is like a life. It's a lifestyle choice, but not, you know, not like yeah. it was. Not well, in the it, same has way. To, it has to be, there has to be choice involved only because we've gone through so much life not realizing that those choices were available. Right. You know what I mean? I guess maybe that's why people think that like, oh, that's not what you're really are. That's what you're trying to be because there is effort that's wrapped up into it because it's not accepted. So they have right, to, you know. Right, like, right, you know. right. But we're like in a post-procreation society, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that uh, I think that I think it's having like a bigger effect on on us, um, you know, on um, us culturally and emotionally and and on all that stuff. So what I guess I'm trying to say is no one really fucking needs to have a relationship anymore. What's the sure. fucking point? Yeah. It's a lot of work. That's right. You know, and there's so much of it that's like not that much fun. Yeah. You know? I wish there was a dating app where I wasn't swiping. It was like a friend swiping on my behalf. 
Oh, uh, really? Why yeah. why would you like what what's appealing about that? Well, <laughs> that's could, another idea. Hey, who's who's yeah, on that hey, board for that? That's app like uh Lisa and I can take meetings with app developers. Yeah, yeah. But um I think it's because there's, you know, there's stress in like one-on-one meeting of like who are you really like are are you presenting yourself as really you? But if there's a third person like hey, this is my friend Sean, you should meet that meet them mm-hmm. i don't know just easier oh also like it's always better to have somebody say something nice about you and sure. also like uh if somebody like if i said if i set you up or i said something nice about you to oh somebody you know what? Else. it's also in some ways more beautiful because it's like it's it, so if i'm swiping on behalf of a friend it's not like i'm looking for my happiness it's like I'm working for somebody else's happiness. If mm. that's what we were all doing, <laughs> maybe that would be better. You know what, though? That would probably get perverted, too, because maybe. then, you know, oh, I don't know. Right. I don't know. And, you know, spending a whole 24-7 with another person is difficult at best, and we totally idealize it. Mm-hmm. So sure. anyway, do you know we only have um, like two minutes left? Oh, Isn't okay. that amazing? Yeah. So um, I think, you know what, I think that... Um, your, we have uh, a, we have a lot to follow up on. I know. I think your idea, <laughs> your your art, your art reality show idea is fabulous. Sure. I think people should either look you up or get in touch with me. That's fine. Doctor Lisa Levy SP on Instagram mm-hmm. and S H Wickens uh, on Instagram or. At the Stoner Morning Show, you can get in touch with Sean if you want to, like, yeah, but don't cut me out of it, okay? Right, If you no. get in touch with him. We're, this, this is a team thing now. That is, yeah. Team thing. And um, I also just want to remind everybody to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much. You know what? Um, so it's radiofreebrooklyn.org. But you should also, you know, go to the website and check us out. And we also have like a mobile app. You can have that. You can get that on your phone and have it anytime. Or you can get our newsletter. We get a newsletter and you can hear about all our new shows and what's going on. And and there's it's a great community of uh, hosts and shows and everything you yeah. can imagine. Voices. Music, talk. Yeah. Music, talk, comedy, politics. We cover we cover everything. And I'm Dr. Lisa. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3, on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And you can also go to my archives on the Radio Free Brooklyn website and download over 250 shows. Can you believe that? Yes. <laughs> you can? <laughs> I've been doing this six years. That's great. So anyway... Um, Thanks again and stick around because we've got a great afternoon of programming. All righty. I will, I'll see you on the radio. Bye. We've got four.